staying healthy over the holidays. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about how you can keep yourself well so that you can fully enjoy the holiday season on Access Health Radio. And thanks for joining us today. I'm Mike Davis, and we'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. You know, we really appreciate Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. Uh, They are a company that mail orders generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at out-of-pocket costs that are much lower even than big box pharmacies or retail corner stores. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y-D-R-U-G.com. Again, that's Marley Drug, M-A-R-L-E-Y-D-R-U-G.com. Dr. Forrest, if people would like to find out more information about your practice or about today's topic, how can they find that out? Uh, If listeners would like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or they can call 919-363-0190. Again, that number is 919-363-0190. After the show, if they either want to hear parts of the show again or if they miss the show or if they have somebody else they want to be able to hear it, uh, they can get an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com, and we will also provide links to that on our landing page at AccessHealthRadio.com. It's very easy to listen to WPTF content uh, on your phone. Uh, There's an app you can listen to that pops up automatically uh, if you go to WPTF.com, and you can listen to any of the content uh, that's broadcast on WPTF, and that includes our show. So, Doc, is that time of the year? It's cold season, it's flu season, and people are also gathering for social and family events. People love to go and see uh, the family or friends. What they don't want to do is go to see the doctor. Getting sick, (laughs) uh, nothing personal, Doc. Right, right. But, you know, uh, that's the one thing we don't want to do. We just don't have time for it. Uh, What can listeners do to prevent themselves from getting sick and having to make that doctor's or hospital visit over the holidays. Well, you know, it is my one of my very favorite times of the year. Uh, I enjoy getting together with family and friends and celebrating. However, it is definitely the time of year when a lot of people get sick. And if you do catch some type of infection or if you end up in the hospital, you know, that can really get in the way of enjoying all the festivities and fellowship of the season. Uh, So during this time of year, there are some unusual circumstances that can actually make you more likely to get sick. And we are going to discuss some of those. And we're also going to discuss ways and things that you can do uh, to keep yourself as healthy as possible during the holiday season. So why do people get sick this time of year? What are the main reasons uh, that that we catch something during the holidays? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's not all about the temperature. It also has to do with the humidity. So low humidity actually makes it more favorable for viruses to survive longer on surfaces. So, you know, if it was the summer and it was uh, hot and muggy and you had some flu germs on a water fountain, uh, they wouldn't last very long there. On the other hand, when the humidity is very low and the air's dry, uh, it makes it more favorable for flu viruses and cold viruses to survive longer and thus be more contagious. So another thing that uh, you know people may or may not have heard about is that you know when the temperature in your nasal passages is lower, 
it actually tends to make it more optimal for cold viruses. Now, I used to be a big non-believer in this years ago because, you know, my parents or my mom in particular would say, you know, if you go out with a wet head, you're going to catch cold. Yes. If you go out in the cold air, you're going to catch a cold. And, you know, I always said, you know, uh, early years, I said, well, you know, the cold is an infection. So what does it have to do with being cold if I'm more likely to get it or not? But it turns out that when the temperature in your nose is cold, that actually does make it easier for cold viruses to cause an infection. So uh, there are some things about this time of the year. And also, you know, the kids are back in school. Uh, they've been in school just long enough to start catching stuff. And people start gathering together from lots of different areas. So, for example, there might be a cold virus that's going around in one town. And in another area, the flu might be going around. But you get those two people together, and you're exposing both of them to infections that are being spread in other areas. If you get 10 or 15 people in a room, you might be exposing all 10 of those people to the infections that are going around in everybody else's neighborhood. So, you know, although most adults have developed some immunity to many of the viruses and infections that are out there, there are hundreds of different types. And as your exposure increases, you know, the more you're exposed to, the better chance you are of actually getting one of those and that your immune system may not be uh, up to that battle. And lastly, people also change their habits around this time of year. Uh, you know, people drive more. Uh, driving long distances can be particularly bad for your back. Uh, people also do a lot of celebratory eating. Uh, they tend to eat higher fat, higher salt uh, meals, higher sugar meals in much larger quantities than other times of the year. And there's even a condition, which we've talked about on the show before, called holiday heart. And holiday heart uh, is actually something that, us, that physicians talk about that happens between Thanksgiving and the first week of the new year each year. And it has to do with people eating more sodium than normal. So, you know, they have that big, you know, Christmas ham or that big uh, meal with a lot of sodium in it. And folks that have a little bit of mild heart failure, a little bit of mild blood pressure, sometimes that will uh, actually increase that heart failure or blood pressure and sort of push them over the edge. And that's what we call sort of the holiday heart season. And that sound means it's time for the Access Health Tip of the Week. Often when people get colds and flu, they will seek out medical care. Uh, but often when they seek out that medical care, there's the expectation that an antibiotic is going to help them. And that's what they need. Uh, some people think that an antibiotic boosts their immune system uh, and will pretty much help them ward off anything. But the truth is that they work much like insecticides do for killing insects. You know, the way I like to explain it to patients it is if you sprayed weed killer uh, on a bug, you would just get a wet bug. And in the same way, if you spray bug poison on a weed, you'll just get a wet weed. So antibiotics kill specific types of germs and kill bacteria, not viruses. Colds and flu are viral, and antibiotics do not work for either. So if you pressure your doctor into giving you an antibiotic, you could be doing yourself more harm than good because it can make that antibiotic not as effective for you later if you need it for a bacterial infection, and it could give you side effects that you don't want, like a yeast infection or rashes. So always ask your physician if the infection you have is actually bacterial and if it will respond to an antibiotic or if you can bypass that altogether and go without the antibiotic. And Dr. Forrest, I've heard that before, that antibiotics can actually make you really sick if you take them but don't need them. In fact, I think I heard it from you. After the break, we'll be discussing things that you can do to prevent getting sick and also how to take care of yourself if you do. This is Access Health Radio. 
This is Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest of Access Healthcare in Apex, North Carolina. You can find out more about that practice at acchealth.com or go to accesshealthradio.com to find out more about our show and to get more great information. Uh, Today, we're talking about staying healthy over the holidays. What are some of the things people can do, Doc, to prevent getting sick this time of the year? Well, first and foremost, and this this won't come as a surprise, wash your hands. And, you know, hand washing is absolutely the most effective way to prevent the spread of diseases, especially things like colds. Anytime you touch your face with your hands and have not washed them before, you can expose yourself to the germs on your hands. I don't want people to be paranoid, but, you know, every time you touch a doorknob, keyboard, desk, phone, etc., and that's been touched by someone else, you've picked up germs from that surface. And some viruses can live on doorknobs and phones for hours and hours. Some viruses can even live days uh, on a surface. So this is one reason that grocery store cart handles now are being frequently disinfected with those wipes. You know, if the person who had that cart before you had been sneezing and then touched the cart, those virus particles could be all over those handles. So all it takes is for you to touch the handle, and then those germs are on your hands. And if you make any contact with your face, like your eyes or your ears or your nose, before you get your hands washed, then you've transmitted those virus particles directly to you. And, you know, it's okay if you get germs on your hands. That's going to happen to everyone. The key is that if your eye or your nose itches, don't scratch them until you've either had a chance to wash your hands or use hand sterilizer. Now, that brings up a, a good point that I wanted to ask you about, Dr. Forrest. Those hand sterilizer gels, I'm even seeing those uh, pop up in some public restrooms now. Do those work? What about uh, antibacterial soap? I know some people just swear by those. Well, you know, research on the hand sanitizers show that they do help. And, however, they differ widely in their potency. So the ones that are alcohol-based are the most effective, and they only kill the germs if the hands are thoroughly covered with it and then allowed to completely dry. So your hands aren't sterile while they're wet. You have to use that gel on your hands, make sure you've got good coverage, and then you have to allow that to completely dry uh, before they're going to be cleaner. And hand washing also works very well if people spend at least 15 seconds and use warm soapy water and rub all the surfaces of their hands. But time and time again, we've seen that people are not very good hand washers. Uh, you know, with my with my own kids, sometimes I'll always ask them if they wash their hands, and you know they'll say yes, but it's hard for me to imagine turning the water on and off within two seconds. And so, uh, you know, you do have to do some work washing your hands. You want to get all the surfaces front and back. You need at least 15 seconds. You want that water to be warm, and you want to have some soap because uh, if you've ever tried to wash your car just spraying a hose on it and not using any soap, you know you don't get it very clean. So you need that soap. You need that water. Warmer water will work better and getting it nice and sudsy. Uh, But it is very effective. And the nice thing about hand washing is you get all types of germs off your hands with that. Um, and so that's one of the problems with antibacterial soap by itself or antibacterial wipes. Um, first, 
the available antibacterials don't kill viruses like the cold or the flu, and it only works to really cut down on the number of bacteria on your hands. Also, if you use that type of soap all the time, that can lead to resistance where you might have bacteria on your hands that are no longer even killed by the active ingredient. So, so I think hand washing for at least 15 seconds works very well. The hand sanitizers, as long as you let your hands dry and they're alcohol-based, work pretty well. Uh, I wouldn't rely on antibacterial soap. In fact, I would probably generally stay away from it. That's a really good uh, point about you know washing your hands and taking the necessary time to do that. Uh, I actually used to teach a serve safe course. It was required there wash your hands at least twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about people that are working in the hospitality and restaurant mm-hmm. industry. Got to take your time and do it right. What about uh, sneezing and coughing? How can we protect ourselves from that? It mostly depends on the person who is sick being considerate and trying to avoid spreading their germs. So, you know, the most effective method has consistently been shown to be coughing or sneezing into your elbow. So, you know, many times people will bring their hands up to their face, and if they sneeze on their hands and they're going to be touching things, that's not going to be all that helpful. But think about how often do you touch your phone or your keyboard or open a door with your elbow? Not very often. So sneezing or coughing into your elbow is actually a good way to help a sick person prevent from having lots of germs on their hands um, that they touch surfaces with. And most people, you know, aren't, again, going to open doors with their elbows. So remember that. Try to sneeze or cough into your elbow. Uh, If you are sick, that's going to be very effective. Uh, What people may not know is that sneezes can travel over six feet. And they come out at 100 miles an hour. So if someone is sneezing or coughing, then if you're inside that six-foot radius, you're in bad shape. So you really have to think about trying to keep at least a six-foot buffer uh, from anybody who is coughing or sneezing. And I have to admit, you know, sometimes when I'm in a room uh, with someone that sneezes or coughs, I'll often turn my head away and even hold my breath. For up to 10 seconds, you know, out of being cautious because, you know, if I get sick, then I'm contagious and, and that's not good for anybody. So you really do want to try to prevent uh, getting sick and prevent getting other people sick. You mentioned uh, doorknobs and, and uh, transmitting z- diseases that way. I've seen some public restrooms now that uh, now have that, like, foot grip on them that you can open the door with your foot. Uh, that's great. But knowing me, I would trip and fall trying to do that. So I'm <laughs> yeah, not I've sure which is, <laughs> which is better. Yeah, I try to avoid those uh, restroom doorknobs, too. I typically pull out an extra paper towel if there's mm. one in there and use that paper towel to open the door, then hold the door with my foot while I throw that uh, towel away. But, you know, a lot of uh, bathrooms now have these blow dryers for mm-hmm. your hands and then you don't have anything to use and there's also been some data those blow dryers in some cases may actually spread germs mm-hmm. around i just knew it i <laughs> knew it yeah. knew i didn't like those things right. uh we're talking with dr brian forrest board certified family physician this is access health radio i'm mike davis uh, you mentioned a little while ago doc about people's habits change during the holidays what kind of habit changes can actually contribute to being sick Well, there's several things people do different over the holidays that are all a change in their pattern um, that can make them more likely to get sick. First, again, people eat differently. They tend to splurge at celebrations, eat more fat, sugar, and calories. 
this can make diabetes, blood pressure, arthritis, and cholesterol worse. It can also trigger ER visits or even hospitalizations. And I would say the biggest culprit probably is salt. So many people are going to consume much more sodium over the holidays than normal. And for those with high blood pressure or who have heart failure, even if they don't know they have heart failure, uh, this can trigger them to accumulate fluid in their lungs and have difficulty breathing uh, because your heart sort of works in your body as a bilge pump and sort of gets rid of that fluid uh, and keeps it from accumulating in our lungs. And so we don't want to be what we call volume overloaded, um, which is where you know that sodium basically makes your body hold on to fluid. Um, so we talked about holiday heart earlier, and that's one of the examples of the things that will cause that. And then another thing is people tend to alter their sleep schedule, too. Uh, they drive longer distances. You know, normally people might be commuting an hour or less. And over the holidays, they might be taking something like five to seven hour drives, which just is a change and, and, and not good for them. And having more emotional stress during this period is also kind of tough on your body. It can lead to fatigue. Uh, you know, the, the blood clots and leg swelling, even mood changes. So uh, if you are going to be traveling long distances, try to take a break at least every 90 minutes to stand up and walk uh, around and at least pump your calf muscles up and down sort of while you're driving. And try as much as possible to stay on a regular sleep schedule, uh, even over the holidays. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. After the break, what to do if you do get sick? This is Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. The holidays and getting sick, if we do get sick, what can we do about that if we end up catching something, Dr. Forrest? Well, first, stay at home. You don't want to expose other people and get your whole family or group of friends or employees sick. That could be the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, second, use over-the-counter remedies sparingly. And if you are going to use over-the-counter remedies, use things that are very specific to your symptoms rather than taking combination products that can actually make you feel worse. So, you know, if your nose is congested, use a decongestant. If your nose is runny, use an antihistamine. If you have a cough, use a cough medicine. But these things that have all those mixes of medicines in them often will actually make you feel worse. Uh, now, what works? For aches and fever, acetaminophen and ibuprofen and naproxen do a great job on those. The naproxen and ibuprofen will last longer and are slightly more effective, but they have side effects like for your kidneys and your stomach. Um, if you take the acetaminophen as directed, it's the safest option, uh, but you definitely don't want to take more than is on the label with that. Uh, chicken soup can actually be very helpful for multiple reasons, so give this a try. Uh, you know, it hydrates you, uh, and there's also been some research to show that some of the proteins in chicken noodle soup can actually be helpful when you have a cold. Uh, also trying nasal irrigation, things like neti pots can help with congestion, and cool mist humidifiers can also reduce the longevity of the flu viruses and ease of breathing. So uh, over-the-counter cough remedies have shown to be not that effective, and some of them can have significant side effects like increases in heart rate and nausea. Uh, so just be careful about overdoing it with that. And antihistamines work well for allergies and runny nose, but they don't really work that well for colds. And in fact, in some cases, they can actually make it worse, and they can make you too sleepy and make the mucus actually get a little thick. So uh, try to avoid that unless that's specifically the thing you're trying to accomplish. Uh, decongestants, uh, again, uh, if you're going to use an over-the-counter decongestant, Sudafed now, you have to ask the pharmacist for at the counter. Uh, they are very effective. They can make you have a little trouble with your sleep. Um, the most effective decongestant for your nose is something called oxymetazolazine, uh, but that can be harmful if you use it for over three days. So the question I often get is, ask is, what would you use over-the-counter? Uh, and if I had this, uh, I'd probably use a decongestant nasal spray for three days. 
Uh, take a spoonful of honey three times a day and take acetaminophen every five hours, some chicken soup, and I'd be good. Wow, we've crammed a lot of information in today about staying healthy uh, and getting healthy during the holidays, but that's all the time we have today. Yes, we are out of time already this week, and our scripture this week comes from something meaningful during this Advent and Christmas season. It's from Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health and Merry Christmas.